Raz, let's have some encouragement for the worship team, hey? Ooh, that was good. All right, well, uh, again, welcome. Good morning. We're going to just stay in this place of worship, and uh, we're going to talk today about uh, family. Uh, we're in the book of Colossians, chapter 3, verses 18, up to chapter 4, verse 1. So if you want to turn there in your Bibles, uh, we're just going to continue worshiping as we get our heads into the Word of God and our hearts into the Word of God. You know, we've had some really good teaching the last several weeks, uh, great exposition and application of the letter to the Colossians, and uh, so today, Brandon and John are going to help me uh, do the message this morning. You guys welcome them again. Um, yeah. All right, guys, looking forward to this. Um, let me just start by, I mean, amazing story. Just to set the context of this morning's message, amazing story. In 1928, a young man received a brand new Rolls-Royce Phantom One for his graduation present. He drove this car for 77 years until 2005 when he died at the age of 102. Uh, put 170,000 miles on it, and this car is actually still running perfect and quiet. Uh, and it is in a museum now in Massachusetts. You can check it out. Just uh, check out the story of Alan Swift and his roles. But that car was built to last. That car was built to last. And similarly, uh, when we were preparing this week's message, we, I think it was John who said, you got pandemic. You got 2,000 years of cultural and and." Uh, historical differences between where we are today in Marymount in 2021 and when these words were penned, but the Word of God is built to last for eternity. And we uh, know in Jesus' uh, Olivet Discourse in Matthew 24, he said, heaven and earth are going to pass away. Did you know that? We're going to have a new heaven and a new earth, but the Word of God will never pass away. So all that Bible you're memorizing uh, and all that scripture you're familiarizing yourself with, well, that's going to be eternally valuable uh, because you're going to use it for all of eternity. So the Word of God stands forever and uh, is built to last. So this week's passage is what is often referred to as the household ordinances or the oikos uh, orders. And you find a similar passage in Ephesians 5. You find a similar passage uh, in 1 Peter. But we're dealing with the passage in Colossians. And so the title of our message is Family Built to Last. All right? So I'm going to have uh, Brandon dive in and read today's text for us. Follow along in your Bibles. Uh, Colossians chapter 3, verse 18. Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children, or they will become discouraged. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything, and do it, not only when their eye is on you and to win their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as working for the Lord, not for men, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for his wrong, and there is no favoritism. Masters, provide your slaves 
with what is right and fair because you know that you also have a master in heaven. All right, thanks, Brandon. Father, uh, we just ask that you speak through us today. Speak to each person today for their role uh, and your wisdom uh, to help each and every one of us build families that are built to last. And whether we're uh, in a biological family, whether we have adopted kids, foster kids, or whether we're singles in parts and participating in extended family, would you speak to each and every one of us about your wisdom and your call on our lives? In Jesus' name, amen. John. All right. Yeah, so, um, you know, really excited to kind of dive into uh, the applications and, and what this text means. Um, we're going to be covering basically three truths that we're pulling out of the scripture here. Um, the first one being, you know, having a, a godly marriage. Uh, the next one, uh, having peace in your home, and then really having a, a biblical mindset uh, at work. And uh, I know, as, as Jamie said last week, you know, we, we choose to do this because we belong to God. Um, you know, we, um, we, ha- we, we need to give ourselves permission to read the scripture and allow that to, to sink into us mm-hmm. and basically change uh, where it's our choice to choose uh, to walk into the truth and to live out. Uh, you know, a biblical life uh, within our mindset, within our hearts as well. Um, you know, and I, I just think it's really important, and, and you know, we've, we're real excited chatting through all this as we were reading the scriptures together, you know, because, you know, we don't, we don't do this for, you know, for favor. You know, we've, we've already got it, and, and we're not, you know, diving into the, into the word of God and, and letting that change us from the inside out, you know, for, for merit, because we don't, we don't need it. You know, Jesus gave us his righteousness. We exchanged that. And so, you know, we have the permission and I think the, the blessing to, you know, go through the scriptures and, and let it change our homes, our households, our work, and, uh, and, and walk out that truth. And so um, kind of moving into that first part of marriage made in heaven, um, you know, it says, wives, submit to yourselves or submit yourselves to your husbands as fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. So this was um, uh, something that I struggled with and, and Samantha in the beginning of our marriage. You know, we, we kind of had this, these roles reversed uh, when we were first starting off. And so um, I was very passive with her and Samantha was basically leading most of the decisions and the visions within our home. Um, and it immediately wasn't working well. And, and so we had to basically figure out, okay, what's going on? You know, where are we off here? And through scripture, it's pretty obvious. Okay, well, the way I naturally move, the way she naturally moves um, is not cohesive with the word of God. And so, um, you know, I, I was lucky enough to have a mentor in my life a little bit earlier on in our marriage who really challenged me to, to mm-hmm. change that up and to actually go into what the word of God says and and allow myself to step up into a leadership role um, and allow Samantha to learn to submit uh, to my leadership um, in, in a godly way. And, you know, one thing that was really hit me is within my passivity, I was either passive within our marriage or I was fighting. I was like one of those two things. So I love to either argue or fight or win. And um, where I was really challenged was I'm, I'm putting that in the wrong place. I'm fighting against my bride you know, against my family. And what the Lord really showed me was, you know, what would Adam have done? What should he have done in the garden? 
And that was massive to me because I thought, all right, well, from what I read, he was pretty passive, right? So the serpent's talking to Eve, and he's just, I don't know, letting it happen. Um, and then he gets kind of angry, right? And he starts blaming her. He starts blaming God. I'm like, man, that was my story. I was either passive and not paying attention, or, you know, I'm fighting against Samantha. And, uh, you know, the challenge was, like, well, I think Adam should have cut the snake's head off. That's what it, he should have done. And so I'm just like, oh, my gosh, that's my call. You know, that's what Jesus did. That's what he's going to ultimately do as well. And so it was huge for me in the beginning to kind of reverse these roles back to what Scripture says and then see the unbelievable fruit start to just show up automatically uh, within our home. Yeah. Um, so fighting for Samantha instead of with Samantha. That's right. I like that. Yeah. I like that. It kind of brings in an element of warfare. Like, this is a war, guys. We're in a war. There's an enemy who wants to destroy our families, who wants to destroy our marriages, who wants to devastate our children. That's, that's the... Re we can't see him, but that's the reality we're dealing with. And as John was saying that, I was talking about in his flesh, he would want to fight and argue with his wife. If you're married in here, what does the Bible say you and your spouse are? How many fleshes? How many fleshes? Are you two? How, how many fleshes? How many fleshes? <laughs> uh, thanks. Uh, one unmarried person in here said, answered it. Good job. Um, great job, Mary. So, in, in essence, if we're fighting with each other, then we're just fighting with our flesh, aren't we? With our own flesh. So, um, and... The, the good thing about mine and Laura's marriage is we don't ever fight, so. Um, <laughs> okay, that's not true. No, but um, I, I have found a couple things in, in our marriage. Uh, one thing that I was doing poorly early on is I wasn't praying for her every single day. And um, I am not somebody that, I, like, I, I don't get up every morning, every single morning and pray. I, I, I aim to, but it doesn't happen every single day. And if I, when I don't I take can't that believe time, we just made you an elder. I know, I know. So if you want to be an elder, you have to pray every day. No. Um, I, I pray every day. I mean, <laughs> right. Um, so when I didn't do that, I, w I wasn't taking time every single day to single out and pray for Laura. And once I start, I, I, had, I actually had to put a reminder in my phone. So if, if you, if anyone else struggles with like remembering to do that every single day, like specifically praying for your husband or your wife, put, I, I put a reminder on my phone, and so I have to clear it, and I, I won't clear it until I've actually prayed for her, and so when I did that, it's, I started doing that a couple years ago, and it actually did change our household, um, where, you know, our house is still not totally peaceful all the time, we have four little boys, and um, so that doesn't scream peace, but um, it, it did change her days some, and what I, and something that really helps that I, I, I can do more is I affirm her value and her worth in the Lord, who she is in the Lord, who she is to me, and who she is to our sons. And uh, just encouraging is such a big deal. And, um, and it's, it says, wives, submit to your husbands. A lot, that rubs people the wrong way a lot of times. Um, but, man, I want to challenge you. Are you a man worth submitting to? So are you, are you full of integrity? Can she trust your decisions? Are you a man that is serving your, your wife and your children? And if you're doing those things, then it's going to be a heck of a lot easier to submit than it is just by...
thinking I just have to be subservient. That's not what it's about. So, um, yeah. So, love your wives, men. Amen. Don't be harsh with them. You know, I, I just want to unpack this word submit a little bit because uh, I think it's, uh, it's, not, uh, it's not kosher current vocabulary. But, uh, you know, the Greek word there is uh, hupotasso. Hupotasso. Say that. Yeah, it's a combination of the word for under and the word for order. Under order. Under what order? Well, it can have a military meaning, which is a troops being arranged under the order of a commander. But it also has a lot of non-military applications in ancient Greek literature and, of course, in the Bible. But it means to be subject to, to yield to counsel, a voluntary attitude of cooperating, uh, assuming responsibility or carrying a burden. So if we look at the other passage, which is, gives a little more detail on this than the one in Colossians does, the passage in Ephesians, it says uh, in verse 21, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Then it says, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord, right? Well, actually, in that second verse, the word submit is not in there. The word submit is borrowed from verse 21. So in the Greek, it says, you know, submit to one another out of reverence to Christ. And then in the Greek, it literally says, wives, to your husbands. There's not the word submit in there. So the translators correctly put it in there because that's what it means. But it is something that begins with submission to Christ. Because without Jesus, without his grace, without uh, the gospel, without restoration, without forgiveness of our sin, without the Holy Spirit, without all of the things Jamie talked about last week, without forgiveness of each other, there, there can be no submission that is real and that is lasting. So as we start with that, then we bring that out of the text, we bring that into our hearts because we're not doing it uh, as a military order, we're doing it as a byproduct of the love of the Father that we've received in Jesus and in the Holy Spirit. And so uh, the way that manifests uh, in, in, in our home, just two practical things, um, you know, Marianne is totally awesome uh, as a life partner for me. Um, but one of the ways we interpret this is uh, she, she is amazing at, you know, even bringing up disagreement, bringing up disagreement with either what I'm doing or whatever. We do that privately. Uh, we hash it out. And she does it in a respectful way. And then uh, we make changes. And over the years, I've made plenty of changes um, because we're both submitted to Christ. And what we're really talking about is eliminating sin patterns in our lives, selfishness, things that get in the way. Uh, and the byproduct of that is uh, two practical things in our family. The one who cooks, which is usually Marianne, does not do the dishes ever in our home. And second way it plays itself out is... Um, you know, she carries a huge load in our family, but one of the things I will not let her do is clean toilets. And that's just two specific things that this works itself out. But it's a, it's a dance. It's a dance, and it's a dance done in the grace of Christ. So uh, just want to hit that in terms of marriage. Uh, 
then uh, that's, that's our, why we can say we have access to a marriage made in heaven. Amen? All right, let's move on. Oh, let's, uh, yeah, so we're into parenting now. All right, uh, second part of the message, verses 20 to 21. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Children, are you listening to me right now? All right, you want, let's say that again. Children, obey your parents. Say it, children. Children, obey your parents. Children, obey your parents. In everything. In everything. Why? Because this pleases the Lord. Actually, uh, we, we thought it would be fun to hear what some of our kids uh, give as an answer to that. So we'll let them carry this part of the sermon. Watch this video. Mama. <laughs> Follow their every instruction to listen to them and just to do what they say without complaining, without arguing, without making faces or in a tantrum. To, to obey your mom and dad when she says for you to do something. Why you should obey your parents is because it's the right thing to do, and if you don't, you get disciplined. So when they say to do something, you do it. Help you do a job. Well, so if your parents say, you go clean up your room, go clean it up, that's obeying. And if somebody says, hey, go outside, pick the vegetables, please, I'll do it, because it's obeying. And if you hear something in your head saying, hey, go clean up, like, in the basement, or somewhere in your house, or the yard, go do it, because I, I think it's the Lord telling you to clean up. they say and follow instructions take no answers except corrections and have to be able to say okay and look at the person who's speaking to you so don't just obey your parents on on in one hour of the day on Tuesday only like you can do not just on Friday, not just two days on a week. Every day, all night, every day, no stopping forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. 
Well, to obey your parents in everything you do is if they tell you, for example, to take out the trash, you do it right away and that pleases the Lord because he knows that you are um, doing what the Bible says and obeying means like doing it right away without questions and if you want to ask a question you say yes ma'am or yes sir do it then come back and ask why or whatever you want to ask but first you have to obey because that pleases the Lord Not ready for prime time. <laughs> oh, is that it? All right. Let's hear it for the kids. You're up, John. All right. That was awesome. Uh, <laughs> I love that. So, you know, it's um, the, the peace that comes into the home when we have our lives ordered within the way the Lord wants us to to structure things is it's incredible it's it's because we can't manufacture that on our own there's something about you know when your children listen and obey it it just it goes well I mean it says out of Ephesians it'll go well for you I think we have that scripture up there okay yeah and and that's that's something we speak a lot about in my home uh, because it's, it relieves a lot of uh, pressure off of Samantha and I as parents to, to manufacture something going well. I mean, with this, the, the kids have learned just through the, the, the natural law of the Lord that things go well when they listen and obey. And what it does is it, it sets up your home in such a way that you can uh, pursue things and, and listen and, and, and pursue uh, you know, visions and, and identity within the Lord um, you know, through, through that type of order. You know, I, I had a story from about a week or so ago. I don't know how much Sam will want me to tell her Costco story, but uh, Sam gave me a call. I was on my way home from the office and was leaving Costco. And of course, she's at the checkout line, which is, you know, I'm sure any parent knows that's what you just want to get out, right? Like as fast as you possibly can. And uh, she called me and was like on the verge of just breaking down and had that like, you know, the, the kids are being all right, but they're just, the boys were just crazy. So they're climbing everything and, you know, wanting to touch everything and, you know, doing what little dudes do in a Costco store. And so um, I just had this idea on my way home. I thought, oh, I should just take everyone to the swim club. Like that way I'll just get the kids out, get the energy out and move forward from there. Um, but on my way home, I just really felt the Lord tell me like, well, why don't you just take them to the swim club? And that's gonna do two things. I'm gonna give Sam a break, and then I'll have a moment to just build into the kids you know, while, while we're having fun and playing together. But I was thinking on my way home, the, the reason I can do that is because of this scripture, is because we've, we practice and work on the kids listening and obeying. And I can take my four kids you know, to a swim club or to a place and it's going to go well for us, you know, if we're within that order. You know, if not, of course, we correct it in discipline and, and bring it back under the fold. But there's something so incredible about, um, you know, about the way the Spirit will speak into us to, to give us the creativity of what, of what he wants us to do. And he just checks it off. Boom, that blesses the wife. You know, boom, that blesses the kids. And then, of course, for me, I'm, I'm recognizing all the Spirit speaking to me. So I'm even connecting with my Father through that, too. Um, and so that's just... But, but the scripture there and the order and the peace that comes to that, I mean, I can't make that up on my own. It's, it's only yeah. through the Lord. It's good. It's good. 
Yeah, I, uh, it seems like the store is a place where craziness <laughs> yeah. happens with boys, so uh, I feel you there, Sam. Um, I, uh, what came to mind for me is not a parenting win as much, but uh, a, f- a couple months ago, Laura was out uh, in the evening, and I was putting the kids to bed, and our three-year-old, he was the, the shirtless kid at the beginning of the video, um, Spider-Man. Spider. He was, yeah, wearing, he, was, he, was, he, was, he was shooting everybody with his webs. And uh, he has, um, his, his name is Liam, and it means determined warrior. And he is a determined warrior when it comes to uh, disobeying sometimes, too. And so he, 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 he made me so mad. He did, he, I don't even remember what happened, but he, he did something, and then he said something to me and his disobedience, and then I'm like, come back here, and he walked away and was yelling at me and it didn't make me very happy and I yelled he made me so mad I like I haven't yelled like that I don't I don't remember when if and and the, this little dude just melts and my other kids are upstairs and I'm like and immediately I felt the spirit convict me like that was wrong you need to apologize and so um I, I, as quickly as I could do an about face, I, 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 had, I had to apologize to all of my kids for um, the monstrous way that I spoke to, to Liam. And I, and, I, and I had to say, guys, I'm really sorry. I should never speak to you that way or any of you. And um, I have um, sometimes the Lord is working on me in this way. And I don't know if anyone else has this, but we, we manipulate our children through fear to obedience fear of losing something not like they don't have fear of of pain but fear of losing things like privileges or whatever and i and i'll just and i just that is that's bad parenting 101 so the, that's that's something I'm, I'm working through right now with the lord and um it's and he and he's he's doing some things so um yeah yeah i think when we confess to our kids mm-hmm. Uh, our own sin, even if it's not getting mad at them, but it's something else. It's just so powerful because it reminds everybody in the house, like God's in charge. The word of God is our standard. We're all subject to that. And it's also how this message goes. It starts with our relationship with Jesus, our marriage, then our parenting. We're now working in outward circles, God, marriage, parenting. And that has to be in order for things to work well in the workplace and for even things to work well in things like evangelism or anything other uh, that has to do with the kingdom for us to bring the kingdom we have to have that soft-heartedness before the lord Uh, on parenting i I just wanted to uh, just add one thought and that is encouragement uh, is a powerful partner with training and discipline and it's almost like a three-legged stool training it's 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 sinful to discipline the child that hasn't been trained right because they don't know what the expectation is so training discipline encouragement and uh in in uh, my you know uh pastoral counseling uh class we we learned this we learned that we need to we need to catch kids doing things right uh, because they catch things more than, you know, more than we realize. They watch things more than we realize. They see more than we imagine. So catch them doing things right. So adults 
thrive if there is a four-to-one ratio of encouragement to constructive criticism. And that's kind of a, a, a general rule of thumb for the workplace. Uh, children need eight-to-one because they don't, have, they don't have the maturity we have. So they need eight-to-one. So think about what your life looks like in, ter in terms of encouragement and see, uh, just take a check on this encouragement ratio uh, in your home. And sometimes it's wise to just bundle feedback into one thing, you know, and not natter at them all day, but just bundle feedback into one thing so you can maintain that order. I'm thinking about uh, our previous house, which had two acres that needed to be mowed and stuff, and I, it, was the, it was the rotating job of our kids as they came of age be, to, to do the lawn job. Riding mower, power mower, weed whacker, blower. Lots of training, but you had, to, you had to be willing for your lawn not to look very good for a while. <laughs> and, and you had to deal with, like, Michael, for example, was a golfer, and, and he made the front yard look like a fairway with the cross-cut pattern in it and everything. It was awesome, but sometimes the weed whacker and the blower, the blower didn't get much attention because he really liked the riding mower. And so you just have to encourage and bring, bring the job into order, you know, uh, one step at a time and be willing for it not to be pretty for a while. All right, so uh, let's move into three. Yeah, and I just wanted to say, as we are giving our kids criticism and uh, sometimes think about the, way, the ways you like to be criticized, constructive is important. So as, you know, fathers don't embitter your children. So I think the way we give them criticism uh, can affect the way that, whether they're discouraged or not. Amen. Amen. You take us into number three? Yeah. Um, so, number three uh, is working with the end in mind. And so, um, and, and in this scripture, we're, we're not slaves. We are more, we're equating this to uh, bosses, employees, employers, bosses, subordinates, in that way. Um, and when I was, my, my first real job was over here at Mio's, and I got hired on it at, at 15 years old as a dishwasher, and I'd been walking with the Lord for a few years, and I decided that washing dishes is kind of a low-man job, but, you know, I, I wanted to, um, I, I just took that job really seriously. I'm like, I'm going to be the best dishwasher there is here. I'm going to work, I'm going to wash these dishes like I'm washing them for the Lord, and um, that just kind of, that, that just kind of built up over the years as the jobs that I do. I, I always try to do as I'm working for the Lord. Um, I've had some fails. I, my um, my first management, uh, I was 19, and uh, as out of high school, I started selling Cutco knives. Anybody familiar with Cutco knives? And um, it's a great job for uh, high you know high school graduates, college kids. And my second, I, I did pretty well with it. My second summer, they gave me a branch office, and I moved down to uh, a few hours away in, in Kentucky. And I had this office, and your job is to recruit other kids to sell knives. And um, they, there's, you, you recruit kids, and then you got to get them in. You got to get it, they want to, you got to get them to want the job, and then you got to get them through three days of training, and then to go sell. And I knew how to do all this. I had practiced it. I had done stuff here in Cincinnati, and but my my goal was that the, these other kids were a means to my end. I just wanted to succeed so badly that I I looked at the at these other 
these these peers really as um, a means to my end, like as kind of almost like dollar signs. And mm -hmm. it was it's, I, I did not do well uh, in in my in my first jaunt as a manager. Um, thankfully, the Lord has has worked through me over the years, and uh, I, I've I've gotten a little better at some things. And uh, Laura and I we have a, a business where we take care of gardens, rose gardens. We're called the Rose Doctor. You've probably seen my truck if you've been here more than once. And uh, it just says the Rose Doctor on the side. And we take care of rose gardens and perennial gardens. And um, I had, I used to have this employee, um, and he was just, he, he, when, one day we were just pulling some weeds in this garden. He was telling me about, he just was pretty lonely. He didn't have a lot of friends. He was living by himself at the time. And he just was trying to find, um, figure out ways to make friends. And I just... I had given, I had talked to him about the Lord in the past, but I, I just, I just shared my story about friendships, and growing up, I, you know, I went to Marymount High School here, and I had a lot of friends in high school, but I went to a church and a youth group, and I was, I came to the Lord at 12 years old, and I have, the friends I have today, none of them are from high school, they're all, some, I have several from, you know, back then, and my relationships that have lasted have been my friendships with guys that are, you know, in the Lord. And I've been really blessed in that way. And I, I just got to tell him my story about that a little bit. And I, and I got to encourage him in um, just a, a, a great way to make friends and, you know, kind of encourage him some places to, to go do that. Because um, some of the other stuff, when, when, when our friendships are built around things that aren't lasting, then a lot of times our friendships aren't lasting. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the Word of God is lasting, you know. And so... Um, and then one, one other way I was able to um, kind of bring the Lord into the workplace is I, we, uh, I, had a, I have this older, older gentleman that works with us, and uh, him and I were, were closing out a garden, uh, and it was in December uh, a couple years ago, and the customer comes home, and she pulls up, and I just said hello to her, and she, start, and she just breaks down and is crying, and um, she t just tells me that her husband had, had told her and her kids they had to move out. And it was, you know, a couple weeks before Christmas, and she was just sobbing. And I, I don't know this lady. I've, you know, I've met her a few times. And um, my employee, who's he's he's he uh, is not he does he's not he's not walking with the Lord. But he um, he's he's sitting over there watching. He's by the truck, and I and I just said, "Is it okay if I pray for you?" And she's like, "Yes." And I and I I just prayed for her. I prayed for her and her family, and you know that just. You know, the Lord would um, would just bring your peace. And uh, the next week, I'm sitting here in church, and I was just I got an email from from her husband, and he's like, "Hey, did you did you pray for for my wife in my driveway?" I just said yes, and that was it. I, and I don't I don't know if the guy was mad or if, but the, I, and I don't know what happened with with their relationship, but I know that um, the Lord um, wanted to meet her that day and. And I don't know what he did in her, or what he did in my in, in uh, my employee, but um, it's if we want to if we want to build workplaces and businesses to last and jobs to last, we want to we have to have a kingdom mindset wherever we go. Amen. Yeah, that's right. That's that's good stuff. Um, you know, I think well, it's a similar story. I think mine was probably worse than Brandon starting off at 15. I was a busboy at Montgomery Inn, so I spent years picking up bones out of people's mouths 
Um, so I would have rather Not been a dishwasher. Guns. That sounds awesome. Um, so I think I was more humble than you. Than, <laughs> I, I'm probably way more than, humble. Than than you, yeah, way more humble. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and I think, you know, understanding, you know, when we are trying to put a mindset, um, you know, and, and connect that to, to the Lord's and, um, you know, within the workplace, I have found out, so I work for a family business in HVAC and I'm in sales. And, you know, one thing that I've learned, um, you know, we're a generational company and I've got to watch my uncle who owns the business, uh, the way he interacts with, with the employees. And it's, it's pretty amazing to see, and he's a believer, but he, he dives right into the jobs. And so, you know, he'll be the first to get dirty, the first to get into a crawl space or, or up on a roof. And, you know, watching that has really inspired me too to, to, to be like that. And so what you're doing is we're, we're serving, you know, um, our employees, just, just like we are, our customers or our, our clients. And, and the, the way that is just emulated through the way that Christ serves the church and, and the submission there as well. And so I think when you understand, though, that I'm working for the Lord and my, my inheritance comes through him, you know, it just frees you up to let go of your pride and your own selfish ambition and, and you know, your own um, standards, really, to, to dive in and just love and, and serve the way that the Lord does. And, mm-hmm. you know, you find that, uh, you find the, uh, the power through the Spirit to do that. And then, of course, you, you're backed up when you read the Scripture in it as well. And, you know, Brandon, hearing your story, that's, that's just awesome when we can just approach and, and go after the, the marketplace, you know, through the eyes and, and through the heart of the Lord. Yeah, that's good. Good examples. <clears throat> Here at the church, I just want to call out two people, and they're actually in the room right now, uh, Mark Symes and Terry Kofsky. Uh, their role is actually to support the rest of the staff uh, in the various ministries that we undertake, including uh, oftentimes the elders. And uh, I just really appreciate Mark's amazing uh, example of being super attentive to detail and process, but also to be very attentive to people. And the same thing with Terry. She is uh, one of the most amazingly gifted administrators I've ever seen, but she does that uh, with a heart for the Lord and a heart for people along the way. And they both have made an amazing difference in the effectiveness of our staff and personally in my effectiveness. Um, so I just want to shout out to you guys for walking out this word, walking out the word. So we're going to call the band up and uh, we're just going to look at application of what we've been talking about today. And, and as I said, we've been dealing with this concentric circle of God, our marriage, our children and parenting, our, fa- our, our direct family, our extended families, and then the workplace, you can see that what God wants to have is this, this cascading impact uh, outward uh, of the kingdom with each step along the way kind of in that order of the kingdom. And so uh, application-wise, you know, we've got to start with trusting in the good news of the gospel. If if we recognize that Jesus has done everything for us we need him to do, uh, and we receive his grace and his salvation, uh, then, then we are reminded of that every day. That is, that is the first and most important thing to keeping ourselves square in how we're do, doing our families. Uh, practicing the ways of grace, which is 
uh, like Brandon was e e explaining, the, the, the repentance and the forgiveness that comes, and it, it literally is repentance and forgiveness, and by Christ's blood we are set free. Intentional daily prayer, we've mentioned. Um, community, to have people around us. Uh, these two guys are in the same small group, so all of these little fails and wins have been discussed in the small group and uh, prayed over and encouraged. Uh, and then receiving prayer today. So what we're going to do while we worship and close the service uh, is uh, John and Sam are going to be over here, and they're going to be praying for anybody who wants prayer for their marriage. Uh, Brandon and Laura are going to be over here, and they're going to be praying for anybody who wants prayer for parenting. And uh, I'm going to be up here in the middle, and maybe, uh, maybe uh, Chef, you can help me. And we're going to be praying for work, people's work. And all three stations are going to be praying for healing. Brandon woke up this morning, had a pain in his side, and was just asking me, I wonder if anybody has a pain in their side that, that, that is bothering them, if you want healing for that. If you want healing for that sore neck or that neck movement problem and headaches, uh, we did pray for Amy during the worship. And Amy, how's it, how's it feeling? All right, come for more, come for more. Um, and, uh, and anything else that you want healing for, just come on up. And uh, in the meantime, uh, Raz and the team will be leading us in prayer and worship. Mm -hmm. 